Father, I do pray that you'd bless as we spend a few minutes in your word, as we look at Jeremiah chapter 13. And Lord, uh, that you would just speak to our hearts, continue to strengthen us and build us up in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, to our Bible study, Jeremiah 13. Of course, Jeremiah is speaking to a nation uh, that has rebelled against the Lord. And you recall that in the Mosaic Covenant, when Moses brought the children of Israel to the mountain of God at Mount Sinai, that they were a nation. And the Lord gave them the law. And he made a covenant with them called the Mosaic Covenant that if you follow after me and walk in my ways and worship me, uh, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless the land. I'll give you the land. Uh, you're going to have the rains. You're going to have the crops. It will be well with you and your children. I'll defeat the enemy that comes against you. And, and if you don't follow me, though, um, and you forsake me and go after those false gods, then what's going to happen is the land's going to dry up and it's not going to be well with you and the consequences are going to be severe and eventually if you continue in that disobedience and, and forsaken me then eventually you're going to be defeated by your enemy and taken off into captivity and as jeremiah at this time that he is telling the nation here that and god's people that you have forsaken the lord they were involved in idol worship, and uh, the leaders, the spiritual leaders, were uh, giving false hope to the people, and they were putting their hope uh, and confidence in a false idol. Uh, there was false worship. Uh, there was sin that was going on in the nation, that, as we have seen. So Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, he is weeping and giving this message that the Babylonians are going to come and there's going to be death and destruction and devastation like you've never seen before. And God has been sending the prophets to his people to tell them to turn back to him, to turn back, and yet they're refusing to do that. And in chapter 13, what we saw last time is that it was Jeremiah that was told, and he's given these illustrations to display. Jeremiah, what you're to do is take this beautiful new sash that you have, this belt, and you're going to go all the way to the Euphrates. So he would walk from Jerusalem all the way to the Euphrates, which is about 400 miles. And Euphrates is where the, the, the nation of Iraq is. It was in that area where the, the house of Judah is going to be taken off into captivity a short time after Jeremiah is giving these words of warnings and, and proclaiming judgment was going to come to them. So what you do is you take this beautiful sash, you bury it under a rock by the river Euphrates, and after many days, Jeremiah was told to go back and retrieve it. And it would be decayed, and it would be moldy, and it would be no good. It would be ruined. And Jeremiah was to wear it and walk through the city of Jerusalem. And as he did, it would symbolize, it was an illustration of how God's people were ruined because they had given themselves over to false worship and false idol. They had given ear to the false prophets uh, that were on the scene that were saying, peace, peace, nothing's going to happen, and, and uh, a false confidence in those idols. And so Jeremiah, as we ended last time, 
that he says that you guys are going to be walking in darkness. I'm going to read verse 16 of chapter 13. Give glory to the Lord your God before he causes darkness and before your feet stumble on the dark mountains. And while you are looking for light, he turns it into the shadow of death and makes this dense darkness. Uh, so he goes on and, and as he's warning them, he's saying because you are not taking heed to the truth of God's word. You're going to be stumbling around in darkness. And of course, Jesus, he would say in John chapter 3, that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds be exposed. And, and when Jeremiah is speaking these words coming from the Lord, he is telling them that if you reject God's light, there's nothing that remains but the darkness. And that is true for us. You see, we are to be ones that as we are hanging on and believing in and walking in the truth of God's word, then light's going to be in, in our lives. You know, we have a stay-at-home order now, and, and they want us to stay at home. And, and as we look at the darkness around us, we think, where is the light? I want to remind you of Exodus chapter 10, that when the plagues were coming down upon Egypt, that the ninth plague, as you read that chapter and that, about that plague, that it says that darkness came upon the land of Egypt to where it could even be felt. And, and so darkness was all over Egypt, the land of Egypt. Uh, Egypt is a picture of the world in the Old Testament. But where the people of God dwelt in their homes, it says that there was light that was in their homes as they dwelt there. You see, as we are perhaps stuck in our homes and, and we see the darkness around us, the, this uh, COVID-19, but not just that, we see the uncertainty that it brings, the economic impact that it brings to you and to your family, uh, to our nation, to the world, how uh, it has impacted the world globally, um, economically, uh, the impact that it has in other areas of our lives in so many different ways. And you can feel it. You can feel the darkness, right? Just as those Egyptians would feel uh, the darkness, literal darkness that came to them. But listen, as you're in your house, there is light. Because the light of the world, Jesus, dwells in your heart. And there can be light there. And I want to encourage you that dads continue and moms and, and whoever you are, whatever state that you're in, you continue in the light and the truth of God's word. And let that light shine bright because we don't put our light under bed, Jesus said, but you put it on the table to where it shines forth and we can be a light to others. And, and the Lord desires for us, and even though we may be restricted to be a light to others in those divine appointments that we may have, maybe to a neighbor across the fence, maybe it's to a family member that that you, your relationship has been strained for a while or an old friend that's wondering, how are you doing? What do you think about this? And you can share with them and you can pray with them and you can minister to them and we can still be used of the Lord. We have light that dwells in our hearts in the midst of the darkness. And that is so important for us to keep in mind. You know, the people of the world don't have that. 
Psalm 119, the psalmist writes that thy word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And you see that lamp to my feet, it's not a beacon of light as we walk down the path. It just is any of you that go camping and you have a lantern and you put it on a table, it's a dome of light. It just gives you enough light so you can see around you. And as the word of God is a lamp to my feet, it's a light to my path, is so that we can take one step at a time. And I know that a lot of us are wondering what's going to happen next month, what's going to happen this summer, what's going to happen in the rest of the year, what's going to take place. But the word of God is there as you are taking one day at a time, one step at a a time to give you light. We have light. And you saw what happened. It was sad this week. I, I really grieved when I saw it. And it broke my heart. And I, I know that, that it broke your heart as well as we watched the, the stay-at-home order that was given in Denver. And initially the order came out that all liquor stores and dispensaries were going to be closed down uh, by the next day at a certain time. And all of a sudden the lines were long and they were showing it uh, how long the lines were. People standing in line trying to get their liquor, trying to get their drugs, their marijuana and all of this. So an hour later they had to actually lift that uh, stay-at-home you know, uh, and the order of uh, we're going to let liquor stores be open. We're going to let them be open because it created such a problem. We don't have to, to do that. We have light. We have the Lord. And as I mentioned on Sunday, he's still on the throne and he loves you and he desires to minister to you. He has not forsaken us. And I love that song that, that Travis was singing the first song. He hasn't forsaken us. He is still here with us, and, and I'm so thankful that we can turn to the light, that we don't have to turn to drugs, and we don't have to turn to liquor to help us through this time, but the Word of God and the Lord himself. So here Jeremiah is, he, he's, he's talking about, you're going to be in darkness, and then he goes on to say, let's pick it up at verse 20, that lift up your eyes and see those who come from the north. And where is the flock that was given to you, your beautiful sheep? And so he says, as he reminds them, that there's going to be this captivity that's going to come from the north. The Babylonians are, are going to come. And, and, and it's going to you know, uh, be to where you're going to be carried away. Verse 19, Judah will be carried away captive, all of it. And it shall be wholly carried away captive. And, and verse 20, again, lift up your eyes and see those who come from the north. Where is the flock that was given to you, your beautiful sheep? Verse 21, what will you say when he punishes you? For you had taught them to be chieftains, to be head over you. Will not pangs seize you? So that word pangs, childbirth, it reminds you of something if you've been here at Calvary Chapel. As we've gone through the scriptures, as we have looked at what Jesus said is going to be like in the last days. What Paul the Apostle writes to us in the New Testament about the day of the Lord. And Jesus, as he was talking to his disciples in all of it discourse, as they were asking Jesus, what are the signs of the end? And I've been asked this question. Perhaps uh, you've heard the comments or people have asked you, what is this COVID-19? Is this a sign of the end of the world? I got asked that yesterday on the radio. Uh, 
Um, is this the end of the world? What is the end of the world? Uh, people don't know. And unfortunately, even Christians that haven't been taught what the Bible says about the end time scenario are confused and they're wondering. And there are those that are out there that are saying, well, it is the end of the world. Uh, it's a fulfillment of Revelation chapter 6 and, and quoting uh, those verses um, that speak of the day of the Lord and, and they're confused and we have to keep everything in its context. And we do know that Jesus said that in the last days when it comes the signs of his coming that are going to be like birth pangs. And as the disciples asked him that, he's telling them, uh, as you read Matthew's gospel, you, you look at Mark's account, Luke's account of the Olivet Discourse, and Jesus said that, um, that there's going to be false teachers that will come on, false Christ, false prophets that will arise in the last days. He would also say that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, there'll be pestilence, and there will be earthquakes in various places. And Luke's gospel, his narrative records that there will be signs in the heaven. What are those signs in the heaven. It very easily could be a reference of that there's going to be weather patterns that are going to be um, dramatic and, and severe. And Jesus said that these are the beginning of sorrows or birth pangs, the same thing as what's being said here. And here he's saying, lift up your eyes, pay attention, pay attention what's going on. And, and will not pangs cease you? The birth pangs are here. God's trying to get your attention. And I really believe with all of my heart that the Lord's trying to get our attention. He's trying to get the church's attention and our attention because we are seeing the birth pangs. And we know that the birth pangs, even as Jesus spoke about it, and, and it would be Paul the Apostle that spoke about it when he was writing to the church at Thessalonica. We know that when a woman goes into labor, that the the uh, labor pains, the contractions happen. And as she gets closer to uh, bringing birth to that child, that child being born, that those contractions are more severe and they happen more frequently with more intensity. And that's what the birth pangs are. And I think that we're really seeing that. It's amazing what we're seeing. Jesus said that you're going to see false prophets and Christ and teachers that are going to come on the scene. And we have seen even in the church, and it breaks my heart, that there has been a forsaken of the word of God in, in so many mainline denominations that a generation ago, two generations ago, they were committed to the word of God. Where at one time when they started, that it was a great move of God, committed to the work of God and to the word of God, now have forsaken the Lord. And it's not just a lot of mainline denominations that we have seen, but also we know that it's more independent churches and even in the evangelical church in circles. There, there are those that are adopting that which is strange doctrine and, and that which is not sound doctrine. And of course, Paul would warn Timothy about that in the last days, that there's going to be those that are going to be given over to doctrines of demons, uh, that we know in the last days that uh, there are going to be those who are not going to be given to sound doctrine. And so we are seeing those days even today, more of an acceptance of those who claim to give a prophetic word, but 
even as here, as we know that Jeremiah uh, and the Lord speaking through Jeremiah is indicting those false prophets that were saying, peace, peace. It's going to be peace. Everything's going to be great. And we have those who say, thus saith the Lord. And they're uttering words that are not coming to pass, that are not according to God's word. They're bringing up strange doctrine, and we see more of that. That's why we have to be wise in the day in which we're living in, folks. And we see that it's going to lead to, ultimately, to where there's going to be a false church on the scene when we get to the day of the Lord. Now, again, to remind you, and I know that many of you that you know this, is you've gone through the study of the book of Revelation that we did last year. I think that was so timely that we did that study in the book of Revelation before all this broke out. And we looked at the day of the Lord, which is chapters 6 through 19 of the book of Revelation. And it also includes the millennium reign. But the day of the Lord speaks of the tribulation period, which begins with one that will come on a scene, and he is called the Antichrist. And he's going to come, and he's going to deceive the world, uh, and he's going to be an economic leader, he's going to be a political leader, a military leader, and a religious leader as well. And eventually, in the middle of the tribulation period, he will go into the temple of God, the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. He will uh, establish himself as God to be worshipped as God. He's going to command the whole world to worship him. And initially, he's going to support this false church, the Babylonian false church that we read about in chapter 17 of the book of Revelation. So there's going to be this apostasy that's going to take place. We're seeing the birth pangs even of it right now. And I hope and pray that we would continue in the scriptures, even as Paul told Timothy, that Timothy, you must continue in the scriptures that you've learned from childhood, that in the last days, evil men and imposters are going to grow worse and worse as you read 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's definitely a word for us. We must continue in the scriptures that will make us wise for salvation. And as we continue in the scriptures, it is a place that we can test the spirits to see if they are God or not. There's also, as, as we know, that there's upheaval in the world, in the Middle East. We see stage-setting events that are taking place that, that could lead to Ezekiel 38 and 39. We know that uh, we are seeing things happening to where now there's a pandemic that is taking place that is worldwide that in my lifetime I've never seen. And we've had pandemics happen like uh, this, uh, the Spanish flu of 1918 that killed many people. Uh, the Black Plague, um, Martin Luther writes about that and how he responded. Uh, we've seen these come along, but this is something that is, um, again, very serious. It has impacted the world and has happened so quickly. Uh, it was only a month ago we would have never dreamed of this, that we'd be in the place that we are in. And I think that these are the birth pangs that we're seeing because it's not only that, but we're seeing what we just saw a few months ago, the fires in Australia that, that burnt you know, up that continent. We're seeing earthquakes that are happening, volcanoes that are going off in the Philippines. We are seeing nations of perplexity. Uh, in other words, that they're going to be facing problems they don't know how to solve. And, and so the world is looking for a world leader. These are all the birth pangs 
things that are going to continue and then they will come to culmination in the tribulation period as we see the Antichrist come on the scene, false prophet, the, the false prophet, the son of perdition, the man of sin. And then we see that there's going to be those who are going to be killed by the sword, Revelation chapter 6, uh, as war is going to break out. There, then there's going to be famine, scarcity. There's going to be pestilence that are going to take place. And then there's going to be geologic upheaval. And uh, there's going to be cosmic disturbances, signs in the heaven, all these things that are going to culminate as you read in Revelation chapter 6. But here's the good news. We are not going to be here for that. That's in the day of the Lord, the tribulation period. And this is still the day of grace. And I believe the Lord wants to save and he wants to minister and to use us to occupy till he comes. But we got to keep our eyes on him. And this is a, not a time to be in the darkness, but to be awakened. And I want to remind you what Paul writes. He says, concerning the times, this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. When they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. Again, uh, speaking of these labor pains, and they shall not escape. He's saying they shall not escape. For you and for me, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. But when it comes to after the rapture of the church, then it comes to the day of the Lord. When they say peace and safety, the pronoun changes. And you, brethren, coming back to speaking to us, are not in darkness. We are not going to be in that time of darkness, that period of darkness, so that that day should overtake you as a thief. We are sons of light and sons of the day. We're not of night nor of darkness. Please, let's remember that. We are not sons and daughters of darkness. We are sons and daughters of the light. So be watching and be sober and be vigilant. And I believe that there's a harvest out there. And the Lord looks out with compassion as we read in Matthew's gospel. Uh, those who are scattered, sheep without a shepherd. And also that he says that there is a harvest that is ready and pray for laborers to go into the harvest. That's you and me to be used for such a time as this. These are difficult times, but spiritually, it is so urgent for us to stay awake and stay close to the Lord and be drawn close to him. This is a time where, again, I want to encourage you parents to, to, to gather your kids and be praying for them. Uh, to be ministering to them, to be praying for your friends and other family members, to be given truth, to, to be strong and courageous in a time where we just feel so down. It was David at a time, as you read the end of 1 Samuel, that, that he, his family was taken and, and the, the Amalekites came and burnt their homes down and took their families away when David and his mighty men were away. And, and they came back and they grieved. And, and, and David, it says, strengthened himself in the Lord. And that's what we need to do in this battle that we're in, to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. And David said, okay, guys, Put on your, you know, swords. Let's go. Let's go and let's do battle. Because it is a battle out there right now. And we're feeling it, aren't we? But even as Paul told Timothy, you're to wage the good warfare. And you be strong, Timothy. You be strong in, in, 
courageous and be strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and you be like one that is a soldier uh, and that is fighting the good fight as Paul writes to Timothy there in, in 2 Timothy. And I love that exhortation that he gives to him as he says that therefore you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And no one engaged in warfare entangles himself in the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. We're going to endure hardship. Jesus said you will have tribulation, but what else did he say? He didn't leave us there. He said, but be a good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So we're seeing the birth pangs before us. And it is happening to where it's going to lead to the birth of the tribulation period. And then when it's culminate, the, the signs that it will lead to the second coming of Jesus Christ. But before that, it's going to lead to us going home to be with the Lord. Keep your eyes on the things above, not on the things of this world. And I know it's, it's hard not to be overwhelmed with all the things that are going on and the things that are taking place. But the Lord is going to be faithful. And we're children of the light and children of the day. And his promises are still true for us. And so as he continues, verse 22, and if you say in your heart, why have these things come upon me? For the greatness of your iniquity, your skirts have been uncovered. And, and, and so if you're wondering, why is this happening? Your heels made bare. He's saying you've played uh, the harlot. You've given yourself over to idols. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard its spots? Then may you also do good who are accustomed to do evil. He says, can you change your skin color? Can a leopard change his spots? No. But spiritually, that person that you look and you think they'll never change, with God all things are possible. So more than ever, be praying for that person. That person at work or a friend or a family member, be praying for them. Because with the Lord, he's the one that comes into our lives and can change our hearts. And as these things begin to happen, that the Lord, I know, desires for people to, to say, what is going on? Why are these things happening? And when they say that to you, as they're going through the tribulation of their own lives or through this storm uh, that's affected the whole world, that we can say, you know what, there's a message of hope. And the Lord wants you to turn to him and to his love and provision and forgiveness. The Lord wants to come into your life and change you and give you a new heart. And that's a message that we can give to others. In verse 24, Therefore I will scatter them like stubble that passes away by the wind of the wilderness. This is your lot. The portion of your measures from me, says the Lord, because you've forgotten me and trusted in falsehood. Aren't you so blessed, I am, that we don't have to trust in falsehood? We trust in that which is true. We trust in the promises of God that are for us. And we know that he will supply all our needs in Christ Jesus. That he'll never leave us or forsake us. And when you and I are confronted with things that we don't understand, we can fall back into things that we do understand. And that is the Lord's love remains and that he's with us and he's still working in our lives. And he wants to show himself strong on our behalf. And as we finish the chapter here, therefore I will uncover your skirts over your face that you may shame that your shame may appear. I've seen your adulteries and your lustful names and the lewdness of your harlotry, your abominations on the hills in the field. Woe to you, O Jerusalem. 
will you still not be made clean? He says, woe to Jerusalem because the destruction is going to come. And I am so thankful that as God's children, we don't have to say woe, but we can say thank you, Lord, that we can praise him and that we give thanks unto him, give thanks in all things. I'm not thankful for this COVID-19, but I am thankful that in this situation that we have the Lord that wants to show us new things, deeper things, show himself that his word is true and to grow us and to mature us. Stay awake, church. Be sober. We're children of the day, not of the night. We don't have to stumble in the darkness. But in your homes that you're going to be in, and it's going to be hard for all of us, remember this, that the light of the world, Jesus Christ, dwells in that home, just as it was back in the children of Israel when they were in slavery in Egypt, that even though the world was feeling the darkness in the Egyptians, there was light, the light of God, that same light it is in you and me during this dark time. Hey, let's go to prayer. If you can join us for prayer, let's pray for um, our situation. Let's pray for the church and and everyone. As Father, we thank you for this word, just spending some time in in the scriptures. And Lord, I pray for everyone. I I pray for, um, Lord, in this church, I'm I'm thankful that I haven't heard anyone who's tested positive for COVID-19. Um, I'm thankful for that news as of today. And I pray that you would keep it away from us, Lord, from our families. Protect us. Lord, provide for us. I want to pray for those who have been laid off or maybe their jobs are uncertain in this economic downturn. Lord, that you would give them peace that you're going to provide for them. Lord, that you would do that and work in their lives. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us in this time where we feel stuck in so many different ways, that you would give us a peace that passes understanding. And Lord, when we're confronted with things that we don't understand, I don't understand all this, but I do know this, that you're at work and you are still on the throne. You have not abandoned the throne. And Lord, that you are sovereign. And you are working all things out for good in eternity's perspective. And help us to be ones that are watching and sober and vigilant, knowing that this is all leading to something. That you desire to use us in the day in which we're in. To grow us as parents, as grandparents. uh, to, To help us be a light with the darkness around us. Lord, give us wisdom. Um, in decisions that need to be made uh, as far as staying at home and, and, and yet getting out and maybe having to work or got a job or, or going to the store, going to the doctor. So much is uncertain right now. But Lord, I pray that you would guide us and direct us, that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. I pray that, Lord, that we would be able to stay connected through live stream and and through other means. I thank you for that technology, even though I know there's, it's not the same as being face-to-face. And I pray that it would really cause us to realize how blessed we are when we are able to come together again, to have that fellowship and those relationships. That, Lord, even as... 
Paul the Apostle was used when he was in prison and if he was chained to a Roman guard. For those who feel like they're chained and they want to do something, there were still things they could do. Even as Paul wrote letters, we can write a note to somebody, a letter to somebody. And those letters that I've received, I'm thank, so thankful for them. They've lifted me up. And even from children, I thank you for them. Bless them and their families. That we can write a note of encouragement in, in the Word of God. That even as Paul prayed for those uh, of the, the palace guard, that we can pray for people and spend time. That we know that Paul continued to give the gospel. That he said, those of Caesar's household greet you that were now saved. So Lord, help us to be open to your leading us and guiding us, even in the midst of when it gets overwhelming or confusing. But Lord, to know that we're children of the light, sons and daughters of the light and of the day. Lord, I just want to pray right now for those, that Lord, that really are alone, that they would know that you're with them. And Lord, that you would just comfort their hearts. And Father, I pray for us, Lord, that for the staff here, that you give us wisdom and how we are to minister and reach out to others. I pray for our governmental officials. I pray for our president, our vice president, our leaders, that there would be a coming together. As a nation, we would come together and look to you. We need you, Lord, a turning to you. That there be a great awakening as a result of this. An outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you give our state officials, our, our county officials, just wisdom. That they would have clarity that they would give to us. And it wouldn't be just a message of despair and hopelessness. But Lord, we are going to get through this. And, and there's going to be some difficult days ahead and some sacrifice. But Lord, and I know that you desire to work. And I want to pray for anyone who's listening that has not committed themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. That he loves you and Jesus came to die for you. To die for your sins. And you can be forgiven and, and have the hope of eternal life and right relationship with the Father. That you can be a son and daughter of the living God and be able to, to say, I have the spirit of adoption. I can cry out, Abba, Father, as you give your life to Jesus Christ. He desires for you to repent. Quit going in the direction you're going to understand that the world is not going to save you and you cannot save yourself. Only Jesus is your salvation. Alone can Jesus save you because he died for you. The one who had no sin, who became sin for us, took your sins upon himself, the Son of God. And he hung on that cross. And he cried out, it is finished. I've done the work and I've paid the price. And then he was put into a tomb. And he rose again. And he conquered sin and death. So only one that did that for you he proved he's the Son of God, validated what he did on the cross. Will you come to him? He's your salvation, and now's the appointed time. Now's the day of salvation for you to turn to him, if it means anything to anyone. That you can pray right where you are, Jesus, I come to you, because I believe you are my salvation. 
Forgive me of my sins. I ask that you be my personal Lord and Savior. You're my hope. And I thank you for hearing my prayer and bringing me into the family of God for this new beginning. And I thank you for bringing me into the harvest. And I want to walk with you and know you all the days of my life. Father, I thank you for the work that you are doing in this time with us, our families, our children. Continue to do that work. Continue to grow us. And when we're confronted with things that we don't understand, we can fall back on the things that we do understand. That is your word and your promises given to us. I thank you for this time that we've had together, Lord. We look forward to when Sunday morning we can meet again on live stream. But in the meantime, watch over your flock, your people, Lord. Lord, just continue to minister to us in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Miss you guys. Miss you guys so terribly. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. Hope to talk to you soon. Again, give us a call at the church. If you need anything, leave a message. Uh, We'll get it. And uh, we're going to keep moving forward in the Lord. God bless you and good night.